For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands Of a God who never sleeps Fear not, little lamb For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands of a God who Welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. And I'm Abby. And today we are talking about how unrealistic expectations can really make parenting a lot harder than it already is. This topic actually came up pretty organically a few weeks ago as Katie and I were talking about um, just how easy it is to miss out on moments of connection when you're so dead focused on like just behavior. I mean, it can be so easy to do that too, you know, in, in moments when you're frazzled and there's a lot going on and you just want things to go the way you want them to go or the way you feel you need them to go. It can be so easy to do that. Yeah. I think the conversation actually started because I was telling you about a moment I had with Evelyn, my daughter, a few weeks ago, where we just, you know, I had to do, I work part-time, and so I had been working part of the day, and our house was a disaster, so I was trying to get it cleaned up, and, you know, it was just one of those days where you're kind of like ships in the night (laughs) with your kids, you know, just kind of placating them um, so you can get your stuff done, and um surprise surprise right around like three four o'clock she just got super whiny and super like needy and clingy and following me around just you know right on my ankles whining and honestly kind of driving me crazy because I had things to do and I won't lie like there were a couple times I turned around and I'm like what what is it what do you need you know um And it just kind of kept escalating because I was on another non-parenting planet. And I finally, you know, all the alarm bells came on and I realized like, oh, okay, wait a minute, pause. Let's think about this here. Um, And I realized I had not connected with her really at all that day. You know, she'd had lots of screen time and she'd eaten lunch by herself because I was busy and so I just knelt down and I just said Evie what is it sweetheart and she melted into my arms just into a and just had a good cry and it just reminded me it was humbling for me because yeah even (laughs) like here I am hosting a podcast about gentle parenting and like walking around with my kid at my heels, you know, it's like, that's right. how, how it is some days. And we all need gentle reminders that the connection is really what our kids are seeking. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that makes me think of, and 
an instance that happened just the other day, and it's been happening more and more recently as Calvin's gotten older and or getting older, and you know, um, he just he needs more interaction and stuff. And we, you know, he doesn't have any brothers or sisters yet, and and. Uh, before today he has never been in any classroom he's never been or he hasn't really been around any other kids and so you know me and his dad his dad and I are really his primary sources of like interaction Mm -hmm. which is the way it's supposed to be I guess for a long time but he was you know just like with Evie and you he was like right on right under my feet like I was trying to make dinner right under my feet and Unlike your situation, I had actually connected with him quite a bit that day. We had spent a lot of time focused on each other and had, you know, good meals together. And and um, it was just one of those moments when I, I just really needed to make dinner and I couldn't pick him up. I, you know, I had picked him up already and I just had to get, get things done. And in that moment, it was not a matter of of course it was all, it's always a matter of looking in the eye and connecting that way and saying, I'm sorry, I'm busy, you know, Mm -hmm. not just ignoring, but it wasn't a moment where I could really stop and get down and like hang out with him Mm -hmm. and realizing kind of the, the topic of today or thinking about the topic of today uh, about how our expectations make those moments can make or break those moments, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm expecting him to actually leave me alone, <laughs> you know, like I'm allowing myself to get really flustered by that because I think I, I have to like um, either one, he, ha- he should just obey and listen to me and like go away right. and stop whining. Or I have to be like beholden to him and like his every whim, mm-hmm. either of those scenarios, I'm going to get flustered and get angry at him. Right. And I think that's what hit me in that moment was just how easy and almost natural it is to, to punish for that. And I kind of saw myself at a crossroads at that moment of like, I can either, I can do the work of sitting down and connecting with her, which is what she really needed. And she hadn't had it all that day. Yeah. Or, and this is kind of, this is kind of the click that I made is like, or I can do what kind of seems to come natural and lash out a bit and be like, why can't you just go sit down? Mm. If you don't stop doing this, there will be consequences kind of thing. And yeah, it just kind of hit me how easy it is to go that way. Like the route of punishing. Mm. But actually in the long run, that just, makes it so much harder on yourself (laughs) because instead of a couple minutes of connection um, and kind of reintegrating with your child, then it's blown into an even bigger thing. Yeah. And I mean, the truth is parenting isn't easy. You know, it's not like you're going to choose gentle parenting, even if you choose gentle parenting, from the very, very beginning, you know, and that suddenly all of these things are going to be easy breezy and your kids are just going to, Mm -hmm. you know, totally understand why you have to go cook dinner and you can't, you know, be 
100% focused on them all the time. You know, there are going to be some really heavy moments and there's going to be moments where they don't listen and where they push back and where they do the opposite of what you need them to do. And, you know, those moments are going to happen, but like, you know, in addition to just the moments by moments, like parenting, it makes you have to like these moments kind of force you to face down your own demons and or be overcome by them you know like these the moments that are the hardest can be really triggering you know you can either be overcome by them or face them down and both of those scenarios are are pretty difficult so it's not like we're trying to say that do the gentle way and everything's going to be easy the thing is is when we rely on punishments and we focus on those types of things instead of connection we make it way harder than it has to be than it already is yeah um and parenting is like (laughs) it's the job you have to show up to every day and every night actually (laughs) yeah so it right so it's just yeah it's challenging no matter how you dice it but yeah like you were saying i think I think that there is something to gentle parenting that truly does eliminate excess conflict. Um, Not that there won't be any, and not that there won't even be a lot sometimes, Um, but the whole goal is like diffusing and teaching skills to deal with it. And yeah, I think there's something to be said for how that actually does deescalate a lot of situations. Yeah. And you know, something that just kind of popped into my head, I mean, I've been thinking about it this past, you know, well, since the past few days, really. Um, So yesterday, um, our pastor preached a sermon on, on how our relationship with God and not just our position in terms of salvation, but just our relationship with him uh, is not dependent on our work that we can get distracted and we can get, um, you know, we can feel less close to him and we can feel like he's far away. But the truth is he's not that he's with us, that he's always present. And it was like the whole sermon was just awesome. And it was such a breath of fresh air for me because I've been feeling pretty distant in my walk with him for a while now. And you know, just praying and wondering about why that is. I promise this has a point. And it kind of just really was such a good dawning moment in the sermon where I was like, it is. Our relationship is. He is with me. And it made me think of, you know, his authority is. He is. I don't have to strive and freak out and think like, he's gone somewhere. He's, you know, like, we're never going to have a good relationship and all of these things. And oh my gosh, I'm just failing, failing, failing. And he must think I'm just the worst. And the truth is he is, his authority is, his sovereignty is, his love for me is. And that's kind of how I think about our relationship with our kids. Like we often feel, at least I do, feel threatened And I know we've talked about this before, but this, 
really plays into this like how we make things harder on ourselves we feel threatened and we feel like their protests or their anger or their big emotions that are aimed at us threaten our authority but the truth is our authority is we are the adults we have been given the authority and it's not threatened and we can just relax and just hold the boundary there's no need to you know punish for doing this or doing that because that often gets met with way more fighting than if you just relax and keep, you know, keep that boundary. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's always a really powerful reminder to me too, that like God is not threatened by me or my behavior. And yeah, I think that's such a great parallel, like that we don't have to be threatened by our kids behavior either. Like, that's the kind of beautiful like paradox I guess of gentle parenting is that you don't have to punish but you also don't have to be permissive like you can just be the authority in the situation and hold the boundary without feeling threatened either way and letting that boundary go or lashing out right yeah and I mean honestly the truth is that most people I mean, I do this sometimes. It's not just it's not just other people, but you know, it kind of plagues the punitive mindset. They make it harder, way harder than it has to be, because traditional punitive parenting incentivizes our worst instincts. It incentivizes abuse of authority, and it's there's this constant balancing act of having to not abuse your authority when you have this like ability. I mean, obviously when you're in authority in any position, you have to be aware of that propensity and the ability to abuse it. But when the focus is on maintaining Mm -hmm. authority and keeping behavior exactly how you have said it will be first time obedience that kind of thing Mm -hmm. it's just a situation that is ripe for abuse of authority because you have a situation where you basically have to almost at any cost force obedience otherwise your authority is threatened right and that just is a recipe for disaster. Right. Yeah. And the thing I think about so often too is like the futility almost of trying to change how your child feels Mm -hmm. and having to kind of dictate how they feel about certain situations. And yeah, that just, I feel like that strikes me a lot actually, because I can recognize that tendency and desire and not wanting your child to feel frustrated about your decisions or angry about them. Or just accept it. Like, yeah. Why can't you just, just accept, just accept what it? Said here, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just how much added stress that actually doesn't go anywhere because they're going to feel how they're going to feel. Yeah, I think that is is one way that we can just make parenting so much harder on ourselves is by trying to dictate how our children feel about, about this or that. Yeah. And it's, 
you are really setting yourself up to, I mean, to be perfectly frank, like to ruin your relationship with your kid. When you feel the need to push a certain way of feeling about your edicts, you know, if you've told them to get off of the Xbox and they're mad about it and so they're very frustrated and you're saying like, you know, you're trying to force them to accept it. It's just not going to like, it's, you know, they're already upset about getting off the Xbox. It's only going to expound Mm -hmm. the, the issue here. And I guess for a lot of parents, like, I guess for, well, I don't know about a lot, but quite a few that I've known in my lifetime, like, um, they will fall back on the, I'm not your friend. I'm your parent and you're not supposed to like me. And so they almost gear themselves up for an adversarial relationship and with their child at every age, you know, you're not supposed to like me. You're supposed to hate me. You're supposed to be mad. And which is odd considering like that attitude is almost like in direct conflict with the way they treat the anger. <laughs> you know, you'd think, okay, if you're expecting them to be angry with you and to not like you, then you should probably just like, you would think they'd be a little bit more relaxed about it, but that's not usually the case. So like it actually incentivized like so many punitive parents talk about um you know trying to get to the heart like that's all throughout Mm -hmm. shepherding a child's heart and i've heard so many friends who are punitive talk like this they're trying to get to the heart this and that but the truth is when you're focused on behavior at any cost that like taking whatever you have to away from them or spanking them or timeouts or whatever it is that you're doing or grounding the older kids and, you know, forcing the behavior at whatever the cost to your relationship with them, Mm -hmm. um, you are really incentivizing behavior over heart. So everything that you're doing is just, um, driven. Yes. Yeah. Well, and what's so funny about that is I can, there have been like, you know, just a couple of times in my adult life where someone has confronted me about something. And sometimes it's like a legitimate thing, you know, like maybe that they picked up on or whatever. But even as adults, we can recognize it, right? Like if someone pulls you aside or sits you down and is like, we need to talk about your heart issue. Oh, gosh. You know, and, like, kind of gives you the riot act about it. Right. You're not – the first thing – I mean, the first thing I think the most natural response is, you don't know me, or, like, who are you to talk to me about this? Or, like, defensiveness, right? Because the way that they're approaching it doesn't feel like they're trying to get to your heart. Yeah. And that's the whole point. And that's why we talk about like why it's so important to be in a church with a pastor who doesn't abuse his authority and whip out church discipline at every corner because it's important to be somewhere where it's not all about just your behavior. And our behavior often is the overflow of our heart. 
but the behavior doesn't change without the heart changing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really what we're trying to get at here is like, if you want true heart deep change, it truly is futile to go after the behavior first. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I just think about how much more receptive I am as a fully formed adult to people sitting down with concern for me and saying like, Hey, I'm concerned about this in your life. I'm concerned about you. I want to help you through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually what I was going to say is that like, it's so much more helpful to me and it has always been so much more helpful to me because I think this is just the way people work. It's not just unique to me. When someone sits down and says like genuinely concerned, like I see this, I want to hear why this is happening and I want to help you, you know, like rather than just saying like, you've got to get your act together. Like, and I'm so concerned about you, like, you should be doing this and this and this. And they are saying it's from a place of concern and no doubt that it probably is, like, they're concerned for me. But the approach is so much more aggressive and so much more, like, if I have a problem and I'm being overcome by that problem, whatever that problem is, like, I'm not seeing it or I'm finding it too overwhelming to overcome even if it's a sin issue and I'm feeling very overcome by it just coming at me and telling me what I'm doing wrong and that I should be doing something else is usually telling me the obvious mm-hmm. you know and it's going to be met with like all right like just yeah I see I see the problem I get it like mm-hmm. leave me alone you know right um, it reminds me it's such of, an aggressive way to come at someone. Right. And it reminds me of um, this verse. I was going to look it up, but um, I don't remember what the reference is, but I just always think about this with our kids. It's Romans 2, 4. I just looked it up. Do you think nothing of God's riches, of his goodness, patience, and long suffering? And remember how it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Um, and just how true that is. Like if that's how God chooses to lead us to repentance, how much more should that be how we try to lead our children, our spouse, our fellow brothers and sisters to repentance is with kindness and care, genuine concern. Yeah. Lest we, you know, think we are above this. (laughs) Yeah. The, Preaching the, to the choir here. The truth is that that I know yeah, that these tendencies can also affect the person who is trying to parent gently. Yeah. You know, it is it's a lot more than just not spanking. And actually if especially for people who are trying to parent gently and it's and it's new and it's mostly just a conviction against spanking at this point. Um it can it can become even harder for someone who's not using spanking mm-hmm. um, because then it just turns into like this like tug of war mm-hmm. with your kid because they don't have that immediate very usually very effective spanking yeah to bolster their cause you know what I mean right yeah, yeah I find that a lot of people 
especially when they first start gentle parenting and when I first started becoming interested in gentle parenting, you become increasingly uncomfortable with spanking, but you don't really know how to relate to your children outside of a punitive authority structure. So it's really hard sometimes to make that paradigm shift to gentle parenting, especially if you're afraid of, of you know, some of the misconceptions of being permissive um, and things like that. So I think that that paradigm shift is really too gentle parenting is is really what makes the whole philosophy work so kind of on that note why don't we go over some ways that it does work and ways that we can avoid making this more difficult than it has to be i think that's a good idea um one of the things that i have employed most often is just taking a minute to breathe and to remember connection before correction. Mm-hmm. And it's a phrase that you see a lot in gentle parenting circles, connection before correction. It doesn't mean you don't correct. It doesn't mean you don't hold the boundary. It means you look in the eye and you connect calmly and empathetically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, or if you're you know, like just me, like, yeah. I was going to say, or if you're like me, and you have a hot head and you can go from zero to 60 real quick. (laughs) Um, It may be taking a moment (laughs) to breathe by yourself before you try to make that connection with your child. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And those, those moments where you would uh, lash out or you would very just go based on instinct and like, okay, we're going to go spank right now, or you're, I'm going to, you know, do whatever, that moment can be a real moment of connection instead, which is kind of hard to imagine, but it really can be. Um, As an example, there, uh, so I was nannying two older boys uh, about, well, older, like not toddler boys. (laughs) They were like six and seven, uh, six and eight. Um, in the Netherlands, and these boys had off the charts energy. I've never, in all of my years working with kids, I've never worked with children that had this much energy. And whereas it would, uh, in a punitive situation, it would be really easy to punish them for jumping on the couches. Their parents recognized the absolute, <clears throat> the absolute need they had for to release this energy, and. One, they got a couch that they didn't really care for. <laughs> so not everybody has to do that. But um, they got one that they really didn't mind being jumped on. And they kind of just accepted that in these years with these, you know, six and eight-year-old boys that it was just going to be, you know, just that that season of life where things are a little bit messier and furniture is a little bit dirtier. And But they also talked with the boys about things that they needed. They worked on um, projects they could do together that would get energy out. They, they like, they turned moments of, of correction, which would be like, just you normally like spanking for jumping on a couch and, and said, I see that you need to release this energy. What can we do to get it out? Mm -hmm. And that's like such a, that's such a, like bringing them into the process. That's, you know, that's such a 
cool thing to say like let's figure this out for you what can we do for you yeah um that gets you off these couches you know that kind of thing um so i thought that was really that was really cool how they related to their kids in that way and and just asking yeah how can we do this and not ruin all of our furniture (laughs) So another really great way to kind of avoid making this more difficult than it has to be is just learning different ways that you can enforce the boundaries that you choose for your family in a healthy way without violence and, you know, coercion and punishing your kids. The thing that's been so helpful to me is honestly, our group has been really a great place to bounce ideas off of when I feel stuck. Usually when I feel stuck, there's someone who's years ahead of me in that group that has been there and done that and just gives me the confidence boost I need to handle whatever is going on in a way that I can feel good about. Yeah, it's been actually kind of surprising to me how much like groups, parenting groups is like have helped. It's, it almost feels like it shouldn't for some reason like like I just don't take groups seriously but the truth is that it's just people with their own experience and you're just gleaning from each other and it's been really helpful for me too yeah and listening to podcasts and reading articles and things like that like just gleaning from other parents experience has been so helpful yeah because I think that's the really great thing about um gentle parenting is it is extremely practical. And, and once you really get the ball rolling, um, it does get easier to see how to apply it to your family. Yeah. And it's just in that beginning phase, especially, mm-hmm. it really helps to have people like give you the ins and outs yep. of how, like not just how to do this or that, but like how to feel confident in your leadership and how to like that you can enforce boundaries and you don't have to feel threatened and all of these things that typically make things escalate, you know, Mm -hmm. like feeling threatened and all that, like having tools to get through those moments, man, it can really save you, you know, when you're like, Oh yes, this is, this is it. This is the moment that they were talking about. This is when I implement this. Um, another thing that can help you, uh, learn to enforce your boundaries without feeling threatened and doing it in a healthy way that helps, um, encourage empathy in your children and in yourself is honestly therapy and counseling. Um, we talked about this in the depression episodes. Uh, we is not just for people with anxiety and depression. It really is for everybody. There are issues that we all have to work through and triggers that we have to work through that are just too messy for us that are experiencing them and having someone be able to like take you through point by point and help you like um, go through in an organized way and think through issues uh, without that overwhelm, you know, that you're feeling that can really help you in those moments like not feel panicky right yeah and related to that I I think you know going through this process 
when you know that you are safe and your authority is unthreatened, um, that the little people that you're here to steward pose no threat to you, um, it does become easier to remember to connect with them before you bring correction in. Mm -hmm. And I think just that ease and that comfortability with your position, Mm -hmm. um, you know, contrary to so much of Christian parenting dogma, there's no need to show your children who's boss or, (laughs) you know, assert yourself very strongly to them. They know that you're their parent and you know that they're your parent or you're their parent. And, um, yeah, it's just, I think a lot of times that does come from a place of insecurity and not, not really biblical necessity. Um, So, yeah, at least for me, I've found that the more comfortable I become with the fact that I just am Evie's leader, um, the less I feel the need to, like, put my foot down with her and the buck stops here kind of thing. Mm. Um, I just am. And I make boundaries, and sometimes she really doesn't like them. But it's okay, and I, I can be comfortable in that role. Yeah. And ironically, when I am, it makes her quite a bit more comfortable as well. Mm -hmm. Another way to, I mean, it kind of just goes with everything, but it is just another way to help things go more smoothly is to, as crazy as this sounds to really focus on your own paradigm shift rather than simply just how to do this or how to do that like um while having tools in your toolbox is a really good thing and you need tools and we all need like specifics at at various points just focusing on what I'm going to do here, what I'm going to do there, like, okay, they won't listen to me when I do this or when I say this. Instead of just focusing on those moments, really learning how to change your mindset or just learning to change your mindset from how do I get them to do this? How do I get them to listen to me? To how can I help them learn naturally and keep the relationship intact? How can I relate to them like uh, I would want to be related to? How can I encourage them? How can, if you're asking those questions, you are already so far ahead of the, uh, the curve. You are already well on your way to your child feeling listened to and heard and seen. and um, And that right there really is a huge part of the battle even more than half you know like because so much of these issues are they they really come from your child not feeling hurt so yeah i think just to you know hammer that home a little bit focusing really on changing your mindset and how you relate to your kids um is really gonna gonna be what clenches it for you and what makes this sustainable and what makes this like 
what makes you see actual differences in your day-to-day with your kids rather than just trying to, from moment to moment, trying to get them to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I think that's a great place to finish up. And I hope this episode has been helpful to you. It actually has been to me just in thinking through this. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. There's always so much more that can be said. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us in the Tending Lambs Facebook group. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tending Lambs, Instagram at Tending Lambs, and for show notes, our blog, and other gentle parenting resources, check out tendinglambs.com. If you're a fan of this podcast and would like to help us continue creating content, we now have a Patreon. We'd love it if you would consider supporting us through that platform. As a patron, you'll be supporting the podcast, blog, and entire Tending Lambs community. But not only that, you'll receive lots of fun perks as well. Sign up to support us at patreon.com slash tendinglambs. And as always, until next time.